Hey there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum, and I will be your host as always. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know of a few things of note. First, you may or may not be aware that I host another podcast called The Third Seat. The Third Seat is unrelated to the podcast you are listening to right now, but if you'd like to check it out, then I will put a link in the description of today's episode that you can use to listen to it. If you like this podcast, then I really think you will like The Third Seat as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Next, I want to let you know of a few ways you can support the podcast. First, be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Word of mouth is not only a great way to help support the show, but it's also zero cost. Secondly, if you enjoyed today's episode, then be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a positive review is one of the best ways of not only supporting the show, but it also gives me direct feedback from you regarding how you feel about the show overall. I greatly appreciate if you decide to take the time to support the show in any of these ways. Finally, if you'd like to follow me or the show on social media, then feel free to check out the description of today's episode. Here you will find all affiliated and mentioned links, as well as how you can support the show online. As always, I want to thank you for tuning into and supporting the show. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trenum. I will be your host for today's episode, and I'm very excited that you have decided to tune in to another episode of the podcast. My guest today is someone that uh, I have been looking forward to talking to for a while. Uh, I first came into contact with them and just, just found out about them and what they do uh, maybe over a year ago, I would say. I mean, the, the time is, is getting blurry at this point. But, uh, but yeah, they are a local record store owner here in town, here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, and they do a lot of work in the music industry here in Chattanooga. Uh, and I'm very excited to uh, talk to them today and see what they have to say. So, Ben, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So, for those that don't know, uh, you are the owner of Yellow Racket Records here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, but for... You know, those that don't know a little bit about what you do and, and, you know, exactly what goes on within the walls of the record store, just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and just some background on what you do. Yeah. Um, so I started a, uh, an independent record label, uh, I guess, about four years ago, 2018, uh, called Yellow Racket. Um, I was working on a record with my band at the time, um, producing it, and we started talking about whether we were going to shop it out to a label or whether we wanted to release it ourselves. Um, and there were just a lot of cool stories out there about artists who had started their own labels um, because of the artistic freedom and the the ability to make business decisions, you know, on your own yeah. about how you wanted to handle a release. So so I just said, well, maybe we'll just start our own label. Uh, so we started Yellow Racket and put out um, our album and then started signing other artists over the, the following couple of years. Uh, and then... I kind of had this vision that maybe like 10 years down the road, the label might be successful enough that we could open a record store mm-hmm. and, you know, I had all these other sort of grand plans for things that we could do down the road. And a friend of mine was like, why not just do that now? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. uh, so I put, was this? this would, would have been in like 2019. Uh, so I started putting together a business plan in like the spring of that year, I want to say, and marching forward with this idea of trying to get a record store open here in Chattanooga mm-hmm. under the under the same name, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know we made some progress. We were able to like borrow a little money from friends and family and you know former coworkers <laughs> and things like that, and uh, signed a lease on a building. 
in February of 2020, took occupancy March, uh, the first week of March, and then everything shut down a week later. So, so I, I knew it was around the pandemic, like when everything was happening. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure exactly when it was, but what was what was that like for you? Just those that be, those, that beginning time when everything shut down. Like this was. I mean, it wasn't your first time working in the music industry, but like this was a new venture for you. And I'm assuming, or is it, is yeah. it just you that owns it? Or do you have like mm-hmm. business yeah, it's just as well? me so far. Yeah. yeah. So what was what was that experience like? And, and you just know, now it's, that you're two years removed from it. It at at the time it was sort of like, whoa, this is crazy. Like I'm, you know, I remember as a kid when like, you know, SARS happened and other and, and these other like pandemics but they never really like came home to roost mm-hmm. and so i think for a while it was just sort of like well this will blow over and so let's just keep moving forward yeah. and you know just no idea that it was going to be a whole like mm-hmm. two year long um you know uphill battle mm-hmm. uh so yeah i mean that was just completely wild it was it was definitely you know sometime between like the fall of 2020 and the fall of 2021 i would say like those 12 months were probably the hardest Mm -hmm. of my life Mm -hmm. you know for so many different reasons like personal professional Mm -hmm. just all these different things and and probably that was that was true for a lot of people right just because i mean it was it was an incredibly hard time for everybody but um yeah it was extremely hard uh trying to start a new business and a lot of people thought like this dude's crazy. Why? <laughs> you know, and it, it, in some ways that sort of worked to our advantage because, yeah. you know, we had like, you know, n- news stations like, you know, being yeah. like, what is up with this crazy yeah. record store that's trying to open yeah. in, in the, the middle, middle of, of pandemic, the yeah. worst pandemic yeah. in the last century? Yeah. Um, you know, since like the Spanish flu of 19, the early 1900s. So, um, yeah, it was uh, in some ways, I think it kind of worked to our favor because it, it was like totally crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it wasn't like, um, it wasn't, you know, I think from the outside it probably looked like, because we didn't end up opening our doors officially until like August of that of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the outside it probably looked like, mm-hmm. you know, that just like I, I was absolutely nuts that I was like trying mm-hmm. to open a business like six months in. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, sorry, like I signed a three-year lease like yeah. a month before this yeah. all started. Yeah. So like. I'm on the hook, you know, well, like, it's not like you could have known. It's not like you were right. Like, oh, yeah. 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 But it also, it wasn't like I made the decision yeah. to open a record store like two months after yeah. COVID started. Yeah. You know, it was like, we were locked in, we had financial obligations yeah. and it was like, yeah. it's it was like, we do this or we like declare bank. And I had like, I even had, you know, I had like people that had been consulting, you know, with me and, um, and even, you know, some of the, the folks who lent me money were like, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like, just like pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody's going to hold it against you. Mm-hmm. Nobody could have foreseen this, yeah. but I guess I was like too stubborn to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to like forfeit on all those yeah. loans and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I just, well, it was, just it was, kept it was like your, your child at that point, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, obviously no one could have known that it was going to happen when it happened and also turn into what it turned into. Cause like, yeah. I mean, I, I distinctly remember for me that whole, like the beginning of when everything shut down and like, I guess it was March or April of 2020 that, that was for me was like one of the, f- the first moments in my life where you ever heard people say like, Oh, you'll remember where you were when this happened, you know? Yeah. Cause, um, that was one of the first moments in my life that I remember because at the time I was actually in, I was in the Dominican Republic and I was on a, I was on a mission trip down there and we had like no service, nothing like where we were, there's very remote. 
And then out of nowhere, we got, it was like a Thursday night, out of nowhere, we got a, just a flash of service somehow. And like t- and just texts and calls were flooding in. And like all these news notifications was like, this organization is shutting down, and this organization is shutting down, and this person got sick, and this person got sick. And I was like, whoa, this is, yeah. this is, this is turned up really quickly, you know? And so, and then like UTC went on a, like a, a two week break initially is what they said. Yeah. And then like a couple days into it, they're like, yeah, we just, we're going virtual the rest of the year. Like it just, it and then you, you had to figure out how to get home. Yeah. Right? And so we're like, like <laughs> okay, uh, we're supposed to leave in three days. Uh, I think we're still on track to get out yeah. here. You know, it yeah. was just, it was a very strange experience. And then getting back, you know, it's like no one really knew what to do. You yeah. know, like that, that was one of the few moments in my life. I mean, I've talked to people about this where it's like, usually I think in most situations, like if it's, if it's, if it's a negative situation like that, there's usually someone that at least seems like they know what they're doing or they yeah. at least seem like, yeah. Hey, this is in most situations, this is what we should do. But yeah. it was like, even, you know, the professionals at like UTC, like the administrators yeah. and like government officials, everybody was just like, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine right. here. Yeah. I don't know. And so yeah. it, it was just so strange, like being in an environment like that. And it, it just, it was very like looking back now, it feels like it was yesterday. I mean, you know, there's some, there's always some beta, like when do we officially say we're done with the pandemic and when are we say, are we still in it? You know, yeah. whatever. But I think for all intents and purposes, like at this point in time, people are a lot more, you know, cool about it at, to, yeah. at this point, you know, especially than we were at the beginning of it back in, yeah. in spring of 2020. And so at that time it was just like, you know, no one really knew what to do and, and how to go forward yeah. about it. It was just very strange. And so it, it was, such a weird time and it feels like it was just yesterday but also it feels like it's it was like an eternity ago it was it was very yeah. a very weird time so i feel uh, like that yeah as time passes on like uh, the older i get the more i realize just how much everybody's sort of winging it yeah. you know like when you're younger <laughs> yeah. you sort of think like oh like all these experts that i'm watching on tv <laughs> or these people who like are ceos of this company yeah. they totally like they're they're so smart yeah. they know their subject matter like yeah. inside out yeah. and then having worked in the corporate environment and like you know, just so many different contexts where you suddenly realize, like, oh, everybody's kind of like making it up there's as a, they go. A little, a little bit, bit, yeah. It, you know? Like, there's a little expertise, but there's yeah. also just a lot of yeah. like improvising yeah. and yeah. like. Well, yeah. the, the, the first time Unclear I realized answers. that, yeah, the, the first time I realized that was when I became, a, I think it was like senior year of high school into college. And not that I expected to be an expert of anything when I was in college, but like, I remember being in middle school and think like I'd see the, the kids that were in college and high school at that time. And I was like, wow, like they're so cool. They seem to know every, like they're so good at all these things. Like they can do everything, you know? And I was like, if I could just be a college student, I'll be, I'll be, you know, up where they're at. And I'll just know everything and have the, the yeah. world at my fingertips. Yeah. And I remember, you know, like I went from senior in high school and freshman year in college and I was like, I'm still just kind of like out here yeah. just doing whatever I do, you know, like, yeah. I'm just like, I don't really know exactly what's going on, but I'm just kind of making, you know, not entirely making it up as I go along, but there's a, there's a degree of like winging it, you know, yeah. like you said. And, and even so, like, not that everything I do and everything that people around me do is just like, I don't know, like, it's not like we're all winging it all yeah. the time, but there is a, a degree of it, I think in yeah. everybody's life where it's like, we're going to roll the dice on this and just see, you know, see yeah. how it happens. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really, I encountered that a lot in starting this business, you know, where, you know, I'd um, uh, meet with people, you know, whether it was like, you know, like meet with somebody from an accounting firm or meet with somebody from a marketing firm, meet with somebody from, 
you know, like an incubator or whatever mm-hmm. and ask these questions. And there's there was just so much like hemming and hawing and be like, well, it's not, there's no one right way to do it. But then, you know, or like, oh, you don't need to worry about this right now. You, you can like just sort of kick that can down mm-hmm. the road. And then you go talk to somebody else for whom like that can was their specialty. And yeah. they'd be like, no, this is the most important yeah. <laughs> thing, you know? And so like there, there wasn't anybody saying like, this is the right way to do this. And yeah. this is the wrong way to do this. Everybody was just going, eh, yeah. you know, there was yeah. just so much, it was so spongy, yeah. Yeah. you know? Um, and even like, you know, when you develop a business plan, you know, I worked for like, I worked for five years in sales and marketing inside a logistics company where I was doing proposal management mm-hmm. and we're always, I'm working with these teams to develop like a pro forma, you know, like a working business model based on the data that we're getting from these giant corporations who want our company to run yeah. their warehouses. Yeah. And so we're constantly going through and like tweaking the data and, you know, creating all these like, you know, hypothetical scenarios essentially based on the data. Mm-hmm. And at every single time, you know, like the business would start and was like, yeah, the data was wrong or like this assumption was wrong. Mm-hmm. And now like the business isn't profitable mm-hmm. and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it was just like more like confirmation that like nobody knew what they were doing. Everybody's data was wrong or skewed or (laughs) like just not cleaned it, you know? And so then I'm like designing a, a, you know, a pro forma for my business, you know, like what are we going to do in the next three to five years? And, you know, people would want to like deep dive on this, like really specific issue. And it was so hard not to be like, why, like, why are we getting down in the weeds on this when this is never going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, I've had enough experience in the corporate world to know that, like, the performa is always wrong, mm-hmm. always. And, like, COVID turned out to be, like, the, like, you know, like, yeah. you know, just the pinnacle example of, like, how the performa can be completely wrong, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I saw something the other day. I mean, obviously, COVID created a lot of issues and it, it threw a lot of hurdles in all of our lives in ways that we had never experienced before. But on a somewhat different note, I think it also highlighted a lot of problems that were existing that we weren't aware of or weren't, you know, giving the proper attention to prior. Uh, Like a great example is, and I mean, I'm no expert in this. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely uh, willing to be corrected if I'm totally wrong, but uh, like a big topic was the whole issue with the supply chain and it still is to a degree mm-hmm. like like you know just the global and, and domestic supply chain of things getting clogged at ports and you know it, you know p- shelves being empty in different in different ways and yeah uh, it, from people I've talked to it wasn't that prior the supply chain was perfect and like COVID just like <clears throat> destroyed it it was more that prior it was like it was just on the edge of, of right. you know being a success or being a failure and COVID kind of highlighted that. And we saw that, you know, it only takes one wrench to be thrown into the machine for things to you know yeah. kind of fall out of control. And I could see that now. I was like, I get that, you know, like, yeah. it wasn't ne- that it was necessarily COVID broke the supply chain. It was more that it wasn't entirely perfect prior. And then that highlighted the issues and problems yeah. that it had, you know? Yeah. There were like cracks and cracks yeah. in the frame yeah. already. Yeah. 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 And so I, I think that's an interesting way to look at it because in a way, you know, to me that says, and I mean, it's across the board, it's not always the same, but if something is an issue like that, in a way it, it gives me a little bit of hope because it's like, okay, it's not that this entity or this system is entirely broken beyond repair. It's just that it needs repairs, you know, and I don't mean a little uh, generic or kind of abstract when I say that, but you know, if you think about the supply chain, uh, like a big issue was that 
a lot of the things we had, we, we weren't able to produce here. Like we, we had to import it in other, other areas of the world. Right. And so getting that in all at the same time was an issue and just a lot of different moving parts all at once. Yeah. And so now that we know that it's like, okay, we, we see the problem more clearly. Now we can probably adequately, or we're, we should be in a better position to more adequately yeah. address this issue. You know, when there were probably decision makers at some point, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're sort of planning for like, uh, where can the system fail? Right. You know, and, and, you know, this idea of like, uh, you know, a global pandemic that shuts down the world yeah. for more than a year, yeah. you know, they're like, well, oh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, like we don't need to prepare for yeah. that. Right. Yeah. You know, and then so suddenly it's like, oh, there are there can be real consequences to these decisions that we've made that yeah. we don't have enough like yeah. near proximity manufacturing or something like yeah. that close proximity. Um, yeah. And I mean, another great example is like the driver shortage. And we were reporting on that. I would, you know, we, I would put together um, monthly, uh, or like quarterly business reports mm-hmm. when I was in my role in logistics mm-hmm. and we were reporting about the driver shortage for like three, four years, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, it's like, this is a huge problem or, you know, we're 40,000 drivers short mm-hmm. of what, you know, what we need. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Boom. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, now nobody yeah. can work, you know, yeah, on the road. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's it's interesting to see now that we're roughly two years removed from, or a little over two years removed from when everything kind of shut down, at least globally speaking, you know, like looking back and reflecting on how things have been and just where we're at now. But um, now that you you specifically are, you know, you're two years, uh, over two years, I guess, technically. Almost uh, two years. Well, I guess two years from, from March, but you said you opened your doors in. Yeah, so we opened our doors in August. So our official, like, we're going to yeah. celebrate our two-year anniversary at the end of this month. So, so, so you're almost, so today is, at the recording of this, it's August 6th. Um, how are you feeling now that you're, you're coming up on the two-year mark and just looking back over how the first two years have been? And, and what do you think the future of what you're doing right now, what do you think that looks like? Or what yeah. do you hope it looks like? I Man, guess. that's a big question. Yeah. Um, there's so many moving parts. You know, so our original plan when we were, um, you know, in that performer that I talked about, we were, you know, we designed the business to incorporate um, like coffee mm-hmm. and, you know, basically anything that mm-hmm. goes along with the coffee shops. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like beverage sales and potentially food sales and, you know, that kind of thing. And then we were also planning to do live music and listening parties and mm-hmm. things like that so that we weren't just relying on the retail, mm-hmm. like record sales yeah. piece yeah. of it. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I mean, I've been a fan of records for a long time, but, I, you know, I was still like, that might be a little risky. Maybe mm-hmm. we need to have, in these days too, yeah. I'm going all over the place here, but these days, if you want to have brick and mortar retail, you got to, um, you got to have something that makes it a really unique experience mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, have a reason that people might want to go to your store yeah. instead of just like buying yeah. it on Amazon yeah. and never well, going out. Well also too, like I'm a firm believer that if, if what you did, if all, if the only thing you did at Yellow Racket is you just sold records, nothing else. That would attract a certain amount of people. That would attract people yeah. like me that want to buy records. Like I, you yeah. know, people that are interested in that. But that only goes so far, and especially here in Chattanooga, where it's not like the biggest music scene in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So whereas if you sell records, but along with that, you you know have a little coffee shop section. Yeah. I know at one time, and it may still be the case, you had like a ta- there was like a tattoo parlor in there. Or yeah, like and that he, yeah, Danny's there. still in there doing yeah. tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so there's you offer different like the the crux of it is the music that you sell, like the records, right. the turntables, and mm-hmm. things like that. But there's other things that can draw more crowds into it in a more right. diversified audience. Yeah, you know? and, and just like increase your traffic, yeah. hopefully, yeah. Yeah. you know. What I mean, mm-hmm. um, 
so, you know, all, hopefully all of those, you know, businesses and all of those plans are sort of bolstering each other. So somebody may be like, oh, I'm going to go buy a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and yeah. get some work done. Yeah. And then they see a Nirvana record on the shelf yeah. and they're like, well, I have to get that yeah. today. Yeah. Right. You know, it's all those things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was our original plan. And we signed a lease with that in mind, you know, 2,500 square foot, um, space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was like laughable trying to get, um, a, like any any kind of money or funding for food and beverage mm-hmm. or live music. Yeah. Like everybody was like, yeah, yeah. no, you should yeah. quit. We're going to have live yeah. music here. Oh, wait a minute. No one can go in Right. Yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, like <laughs> venues are shutting down. They're yeah. closing their doors yeah. all over the country. And yeah. like coffee shops are going out of business. And so it was just like absurd. Yeah. So that is still our plan in, in the near future. Um, and I'm hoping that that will relieve some of the pressure. I mean, those those poor records they have been uh, champs over mm-hmm. the last two years yeah. because we've sold a lot of records yeah. i think um I, you know i haven't looked at the number uh recently but it, just in the first um in the first year and change so basically at the beginning of this year we had sold seventeen thousand records like um, individual records yeah out nice. of that store nice which is a big number yeah. you know and it was much higher than the number that i had anticipated mm-hmm. in my performa yeah. in my yeah. business plan yeah. Um, right. So the, the records and the fact that records have made an even bigger comeback mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, although they've been coming back for a while and I mm-hmm. can talk about that, but, yeah. um, you know, that, that sort of saved us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would still like to get the coffee shop open yeah. and still like to start doing live music yeah. and listening parties and like a hi-fi club mm-hmm. and just give people like a million different reasons to come and hang yeah. out at the yeah. record store. Cause yeah. to me, it's so much of it is about like community and just building like relationships with other people who love music mm-hmm. and, um, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's gotta be, it's, it's, that's what interests me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like that's, that's why I started yeah. it in the first place is just because I enjoy, I love music so much and I like talking about mm-hmm. music all day, every day. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's gotta be like a, a community thing. So that's still our plan. And I'm, I'm hoping that we'll, be able to get the coffee shop open and start doing a lot more like events there yeah. before the end of this year. Yeah. Well, something I think that you do that I think at least somewhat abroad, I mean, not entirely abroad because I haven't gone to every record store in the world, but at least here in Chattanooga is, I mean, there's other places you can buy records um, in, in the Chattanooga area, but you all specifically, what you do is you, you do have, I mean, we talked about this a little bit whenever I, I initially came in and asked you if you even wanted to do this. Um, you, you have like, you know, your classic records, like, you know, there's always going to be like a Hotel California Eagles right. record, like yeah, every yeah. record store that's going to be there, whether yeah. it's used or, or, you know, like a, re, a reissued <clears> version <throat> of it. But something you all do is you cater a little bit to people like me. Like I, I have a lot of old music that I love, like music from the seventies and eighties. Like I grew up listening to that. It's what my parents listen to all the time. It's what I, you know, listen to in the cars with them growing up. But there's a lot of newer, more contemporary music that have come out in the last decade or so that really I enjoy a lot as well. And maybe, you know, people like my in my parents' generation, they may not because, you know, that's not what they listened to growing up. And so I get yeah. it. But there isn't, at least here in Chattanooga, as far as I'm aware, there's not a huge offering of records of those those artists and those bands and, and that music because, yeah. you know... People want the, you know, the the thrillers. People want the Hotel Californias. People want the, uh, you know, I don't know, fill in the yeah. classic album here. And I get it. Like, there's a good reason why. They're, they're classic albums right. and classic artists, and I get it. 
But, you know, to me, and, and we talked about this, is there's also artists that have come out right now that I really enjoy, that I want to support and I want to listen to. Like, I, I want to listen, you know, at the time when I came in, I picked up that Big Thief album. And I was like, that's a really, I really like that album a lot. Yeah. And I want to listen to it and support that band, you know. And I think that's something that you do is there's not a lot of that offering in this area, at least as far as I'm aware. You know, yeah. I could be wrong. And, um, and I think that's I think that's somewhat unique. And that's why you may drive in a different crowd than other more traditional record stores. You know? I think a big reason for that is just because it is a lot more risky and it's way harder to, to make money. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, you know, in, in kind of the old school record store business model, like there isn't a lot of money in records. You know, like if you think about. You know, for me, a, a new record, I might make five bucks, mm. you know, um, yeah. 10 at the most mm. selling at that record. Yeah. And then think about how many records do you have to sell at five bucks a piece to pay like one employee's salary mm. for yeah. a year? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people and, you know, I have this like straight from a lot of other record store owners. They say, I just can't make a profit on new records. Mm. So I'm I'm just doing you stuff, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. You, you know, you, you buy these, you know, you buy records in bulk from people and you pay, you know, a little bit less and, and, um, you have these larger margins and you buy, um, a lot of stuff that's like safe, you know what I mean? You're buying, yeah. you're buying Eagles yeah. and you're buying yeah. Michael Jackson yeah. and you're buying Beatles records because yeah. you know, they'll sell. Yeah. So it is really, it's, it, it's incredibly hard, um, and, you know, I mean, even at this point, two, two years in, I would say that we're still kind of like barely making ends meet mm-hmm. um, because of how challenging it is. You know, we, we try to be the shop in town that carries all the new releases mm-hmm. like the day they come out, yeah. you know, yeah. and we can't do all of them. Right. Because it's like there's you know, there's going to be some, um, you know, band that's like totally off the map that might have like a dozen fans yeah. here in Chattanooga, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and you just can't you can't have everything. But. Yeah. You know, we try to get, you know, we're probably getting uh, anywhere from like 12 to 25 new releases every single week. Mm-hmm. And every single week, you got to guess, like, how many of those can I sell? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're wrong all the time. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, if if I buy... Um, uh, if I, if I buy too many of this album, it might be sitting on my shelf for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. If, if it, you know, it's like <clears throat> with all those other records are sort of tried and tested and you know yeah. how people respond to them. Yeah. But with new stuff, it's like, all right, well, like the weekend's got a new record mm-hmm. coming out. Like, you know, we sell a lot of his old albums. Mm-hmm. Let's hope the new one sells well too. Yeah. And yeah. then if like people don't like the new album, yeah. then you're like, well, great. Now I've got like 20 copies yeah. and they're sitting on my shelf, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's like you don't get that money back for yeah. a year and a half or yeah. whatever, which yeah. prevents you from buying other records that would sell, right? Yeah. And so it's this yeah. like it's sort of you get into this pileup, and, and, and that does all of that makes it extremely challenging, mm-hmm. which is why not as many record stores yeah. do it. Yeah. But if you can do it right, um, then you end up sort of getting that niche of like the record stores who do carry mm-hmm. brand new records mm-hmm. um, and, you know, where you can go get the new releases yeah. the day they come out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and part of it too, I would imagine, is like for you specifically and, and other record stores that do something similar to what you do is you got to kind of strike while the iron is hot consecutively, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I remember, I think the last time I came in when I got that Big Thief record, 
Um, I want to say it was around when the Harry Styles album came out. I think it may, it may not have been the weekend it came out, but it was roughly around then. Yeah. And like, I think you had like a display or something up and it was, it was just gone. Like everything, which he's one of the biggest artists in the world. So I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. But you got to have moments like that where you can try to anticipate like, okay, I think this album is going to do well, even if it's not critically acclaimed, like that's, that's up for debate on, you know, every artist, but whether you can anticipate whether people are going to kind of gobble this album up or not is, is yeah. you know, you have to decide that, you know, because let's say, for instance, you think, okay, well, this, you know, this artist is going to release an album. I think it's going to do really well. People are going to really want to purchase it. If for some reason it just flops and everybody's like, no, I don't want it, then you're stuck, right. like you said, yeah, with 25, stuck with 30 records. Like, yeah. what am I supposed to do with these? You know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's definitely, I would imagine, an interesting challenge. But if you can do it right, you know, like, I would think even to a degree, it would create more demand, you know, because like, like I said, I came in and all the Harry Styles records were gone. And I, like, if I like Harry Styles, but I'm not like a, like a super ultra mega fan of his. Yeah. But if I was, to me, it's like, oh shoot, I got to come back in whenever it restocks, you know, like I got to be ready right. whenever it restocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So it can be a, like an exponential growth kind of thing. Like if you can strike while the iron is hot in the right way, yeah. it not only benefits the customer, but it also benefits you, I would imagine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that that can even be true for legacy records, which mm-hmm. is kind of a fun thing. You know, where just this uh, this week, you know, we got ten copies of um, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots by the Flaming Lips, mm-hmm. it, which has been out of stock for like a year. And I think the entire time I've been open, and I've never had more than like one or two copies mm-hmm. in stock. So it got to the point where you sort of you, if you're a good buyer, you have to sort of catch these trends mm-hmm. and realize, okay. Yeah. Um, it's been out of stock for three months, so I might need five copies yeah. when it when it comes back. Yeah. Okay, it's been out of stock for six months. Mm-hmm. I might need you know ten copies. Mm-hmm. It's been out of stock for a year and a half. I might need like thirty copies, mm-hmm. right? So we got ten copies in you know uh, Thursday night, and mm-hmm. I posted about it, and they were sold out within like four hours. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you you have that that kind of thing too, where you have to watch these trends, and, and as you said, like strike while the iron's mm-hmm. hot on, and that's like. New albums as well as like legacy albums yeah. that are maybe hard to find mm-hmm. and hard yeah. to get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have a, a little bit of a funny story I want to tell you about, which I think I want to say it was either like one of the first or second times I ever came into your store. Um, and it wasn't in, on any particular day. I think it was just like a weekend. Me and my girlfriend at the time were like, we just didn't have much to do. We're like, oh, let's go check out this new record store. And it was around her birthday, which her birthday is in Ju- is last month in July. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't this year. It was like, I think it was the year before. And if she hears this, she'll know where I'm going with this. But she, she, do you know the band Whitney? Not Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. but yeah, 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 okay. yeah. She really, we both enjoyed it. She really, really liked their most recent album that came out. Um, oh, what is it called? Um, uh, it's a cover it, album. I forget what it's, what it's, um, it's like, a, I'll just look it up real quick. But it's a, it's an album and it's an, I didn't realize it at the time, but it's entirely of covers. Um, and what is it called? Candid, this album. Oh, you, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Well, I was about to say Candid, yeah. but I didn't realize that it was a cover album. Yeah, well, I realized it. that after the fact because, like, the, the top song on it is, is Take Me Home Country Road. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I know that's a John Denver song. And I went <laughs> right. into yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh, they're all covers. Like, that's, I thought that was yeah. interesting. But she really liked that album, and I, I knew that, but I wasn't looking for that album when I came in. I just I just knew that in the back of my head. Yeah. And you had it at the time. And so when when we walked in, I saw it and I was like, oh shoot. I was like, here it is. Like I, I her birthday's coming up a little bit. I was like, maybe I can try and get this. And she was she looked at me and she was like, hey, I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick, whatever. And I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta try to get this thing bought like while she's in there. Like if I can if I can be real fast and get this bought while she's yeah. in there, whatever. So I picked it. But at the time, I was like, I don't want to just have this one record, like, you know, because she's going to want to see what I got in the bag, like, whatever, if I, if I yeah. buy a record. 
And so I tried to be real slick about it. And so I picked up that record. And then an album I really enjoy that I had been wanting to get was the, the uh, was Titanic Rising by Wise Blood. Yeah. I love that album. I'm, I love that album so much. And I saw that one. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I got both of them. <laughs> I put the Whitney album on the bottom. And then I put the Wise Blood album right on top of it. Like I, I tried to cover the, yeah. cover the cover of the Whitney album. And by that time, she had come out of the bathroom. So I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta really hope, like, I'm gonna go check these out. And then in the back of my head, I was like, I really hope he doesn't like separate the two. Like he doesn't pull the top one off and then scan the bottom one and then show that I'm getting that other album, which you didn't at the time. <laughs> it was so funny because <laughs> I was like, if, if you can imagine it, it's just the two albums right yeah. on top of each other. And you scan the first one, and I think you just scan the bottom of, of the Whitney album, and then put it in the bag. And I was like, okay, yeah. As long as she doesn't realize that I'm paying for two out, like, because you know it came out to like sixty dollars or whatever. Right. And I was like, as long as she doesn't. That's an question, expensive Wise Blood yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, if, if she sees the title, she's like, was that album really sixty dollars? Like, she. That's what I was thinking she was gonna say. Yeah. And she didn't end up catching it or anything, but I felt very like my my anxiety levels were like on a on a yeah. high because I was like, I really hope he doesn't separate these albums, and I hope she doesn't question the fact that I'm buying a, a what looks like a $60 album or anything um, and you know it all worked out fine in the end but it was just funny because all was, the stars aligned yeah, yeah everything worked out perfectly but I remember handing those two rec- I, I, I'm pretty sure it was just you that was there and I handed them to you and I was like please do not do yeah. not separate these albums just scan both that's, of them and yeah, put them back in the bag that's funny you know? because I usually <laughs> stick them in my lap and yeah. then just flip through them in yeah. my lap and yeah. scan them which means they all end up in the same order yeah. and they yeah. don't yeah yeah and so I was, just, I was like just scan the barcode put it in the back scan the barcode put it in the back don't think don't look at them yeah. uh, it was it was funny and I, I just thought that was, that was a funny uh, glad it worked out I, yeah, didn't, even, worked, yeah. I didn't even know yeah, it was fun, which you know, I wouldn't expect you to remember just a random encounter with with the records, but it, I thought it was funny. No, I just I didn't even know I was an asset to the uh, <laughs> you, at the time. Yeah, you were yeah. you were the third party in this, in this scheme of mine, and you weren't even aware of it. But uh, something else I want to ask you about is, so I recently I didn't like I didn't like camp out or anything, but I recently experienced my first record store day of, of my life. Like yeah. I've been wanting to in a while, like, like go to a record store on record store day. I just never had really got the chance. And I, if I was here, I was planning on, on going to your store because like, I like your store and everything, but I was actually in, uh, I was with my sister and brother-in-law in South Carolina, yeah, South Carolina at the time. And so I was like, okay, we were out there. We we're actually going to a Billy Joel concert, which is really fun. Um, and we went out there and we had like a, a free day and we we're like, let's go to like, I, I told him, I was like, can we go to a record store? Like it's record store day, you know? And so we didn't camp out or anything like, you know, I know, yeah. I know there's like long lines and whatnot, but that was my first time seeing a store on record store day, just people, you know, coming in and out and, and all over the place. And I saw pictures of your store whenever it was record store day. And it seemed like there was a lot of people like waiting outside and like, you know, yeah. I know there was like a Taylor Swift release that, that weekend, I think. Uh, what were there any like? What was that experience that, like for you? Was that it, was wild. Yeah. So we we had done, um, you know, last year they did like record store day drops. Mm-hmm. Um, so they like split it up. Mm-hmm. So in twenty twenty one, you know, there were like two or three different dates mm-hmm. where the where the titles dropped, yeah. and you're looking at over four hundred titles. So yeah. they were spread out, spread mm-hmm. out. Um, so we still had people like camping out at yeah. like five, four, four in the morning, yeah. like get that Grateful Dead box set or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, so this year, you know, even Record Store Day told us, they were like, this is the first official Record Store Day since yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. The others, those were drops. Yeah. This is Record Store Day where it's yeah. all like one date, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I was not totally prepared, you know, for just how crazy it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did 10 times 
the amount of business on that Saturday than we would on a normal Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the craziest thing I think that happened was, as you mentioned, there was that Taylor Swift yeah. seven inch yeah. that came in. And was it just and, a song? Um, was it just the alternate? Yeah, well the lakes. Song? The lakes. And then there was like an okay. alternate version. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the, so it was, wasn't like a full album. Yeah, yeah. 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 So not only was it, not only was it a single, but the B side was the same song as the A side, but yeah. a different version of yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, the, so the craziest thing that happened was Friday afternoon. I'm, you know, running checkout, and this couple walks in, and they're like, "Hi, we're here to get in line." And it was three in the <laughs> afternoon the day before. Yeah. And uh, I was like, "Okay, cool." And they're like, "We have a tent and everything." Yeah. And so, you know, we let people in a different door on record store day, yeah. and so they just went over there and set up a tent in front of that door. Yeah. And they were there for 17 hours, you know, so were they the um, first to ones get in line, the first ones in line. Yeah. Jeez. So the line started 17 hours before we opened at 9 a.m. 9 the next day. Um, and they were there for the Taylor Swift single. Jeez. So they they and, and they were not the only ones. Yeah. Um, by the time I left that night and I probably left at like around midnight is this on, that on night. Friday? This Friday? is on Friday. Okay. So I left probably at midnight. And even at midnight, I think there were there was probably a dozen people outside Jeez. waiting. And they just stayed on it. And I mean we got a concrete like yeah. front deck and yeah. you know And it's also um, like it, there's like a ramp too. Like it's <laughs> Yeah, like, that's right. There's a handicap yeah. ramp yeah, and we have like people entirely, form a line down yeah, that yeah. down that ramp um for record store day. So yeah, they're, they're just like on a hard concrete ramp for the entire night to get yeah. At one Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Uh, and, but it was wild because the next day, I mean, like, it was within gone. an hour, yeah, it was yeah. gone. It was yeah. gone. And what we did is we handed out, like, slips. So I came out at 8 a.m. the next morning and said, like, okay, mm-hmm. I've got, I think I had 11 copies mm-hmm. of it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, and, and so I said, I've got 11 slips here. So if I, if I hand you a slip, you're you're guaranteed to get one. Mm-hmm. Come up to the counter yeah. and get it because I didn't want people like pushing and yeah, shoving yeah, and like trying yeah. to fight to yeah. you know or yeah. you know trying to take you don't more, want some more than Friday madness. Yeah, 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 exactly. So we put those behind the counter and we're like, if you get a if you get a voucher, then you can come up to the front yeah. checkout and yeah. claim your yeah. your Taylor Swift record. Yeah. So, uh, which they were all super happy about that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that was definitely the wildest wildest experience but it was crazy busy all day and we had shows that night and um you know so i was there from like 8 8 a.m until probably 10 or 11 p.m that yeah. day you know yeah did you um so you said you had 11 copies of the taylor taylor swift single I right think, i think so if was memory there serves. was there more people in line for it than you had than copies you had yeah I yeah like I, ran, I mean by the time i by the time i got there the next morning there were probably 40 people so in was, line and not necessarily yeah. all of them were there yeah. for taylor swift yeah. but definitely like yeah. the kind of thing where like i knew one guy who's a regular at the shop was like oh yeah if, if like if they have the Taylor Swift, I'm going to get it. Yeah. And he was like two people back from where yeah. I had stopped. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, if, what that experience is like. It's like, okay, you get a Taylor Swift album and you get one and then I hate to break it to you, buddy. Yeah, you yeah, exactly. Well, four in the afternoon yesterday, here, here, I hate, you're not going to get it. Here's here's the funniest thing. Well, it's not funny. It's sort of, it, well, it's funny if you like dark humor like I do. Um, uh, <laughs> there were at least like three or four different people who told me they're like oh yeah i came by at like five in the morning and um and uh uh you know i just saw how many people were in line and i was like there's no way i'm gonna get one so mm-hmm. i'm gonna go try one of the other record mm-hmm. stores 
And uh, the last person in line who got one got there at like 7.30 or something <laughs> like that. So there were, at, there were at least three different people where I had yeah. to tell them. I was like, if you had gotten in yeah. line yeah. when you, you drove by at five, you would have gotten one. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That's, that's such a, that just rips your heart out. You yeah. Know? Jeez. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I just like part of me wants to do something like that. Like part of me is like, let me just once in my life, just like camp. I've never, I've never been yeah. like a huge black Friday. Pr- like I'll right. go and look at the store and I'm not going to like camp outside for a drone or yeah. something. Like I don't care that much, you know, but there's a small part of me. It's like, I wonder what it's like just to be like, yep, we're going to just stay out here all night and we're going to get yeah. the release, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never really done anything. Like I think the closest thing I've ever done to that is I went to see a Star Wars movie when I was in high school yeah. where they had like a midnight show. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And so you go and you get in line yeah. at like, you know, 9 p.m. and you just hang out with your friends yeah. on the sidewalk outside yeah. the, the theater. Yeah. And there's, you know, all these people there in like costumes and twirling lightsabers. Yeah. And like, yeah. I like Star Wars, but it was just sort of like, this is something that we could do. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, I had a similar experience whenever, uh, I think it was when Rogue One came out. Uh, me and some of my friends were going to go see it. And it wasn't a midnight premiere, but it was the premiere at that particular movie theater. It was like, yeah. I don't know, like 10 o'clock or something. And there wasn't like a huge line, but we got there a little bit early. And there was a guy, unless he had put on a like physical costume, he looked to be an elderly man. Yeah. But he, he had, I mean, he could have like put on a fake wig or something. Like dressed he, as Obi-Wan yeah, or something. He did. He did. <laughs> I have a picture of him on my phone. It was what looked to be this elderly man with these Jedi robes on. And yeah. we all looked at him and were like, is this guy really, like he's doing it. And he, yeah. he walked past us and like did the Jedi like hand wave and stuff. Yeah. I was like, okay, he's really committed yeah. to it. He, yeah. he was like... At the first Star Wars, I thought like, he was like, yeah. he was there when it was just Star Wars. It wasn't a New Hope. It was like just yeah, that's all it was. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, I've never done anything like that. I've seen a lot of people do that because my my grandparents live up right off the main road up near Pigeon Forge. You know, up up in that area. Yeah, and I mean, there's all those stores up there. And so if we ever go up there for Thanksgiving, we'll we'll see people just camping out in front of us. Not so much anymore because usually stores, like, yeah. at least on Black Friday. They'll like do it like a three day thing, so it's not all mm-hmm. at once, you know. Yeah. But I'll see people all the time, just like, "Yep, we're camped out here for twelve hours. We're just gonna, you know, yeah. tough it out, and we're gonna get that new copy of this, that, and the other, whatever, yeah. you know." So it's crazy, but um, that's yeah. not my thing. No, <laughs> it, it's not my thing. But there, there is part of me that's like, I want to, I want to do it just one time, just to say that yeah. I did it, you know. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, the record store we went to, it was really—I forget the name of it—but I was so excited because what I, I was really. It wasn't a record store to exclusive or anything, but I wanted to get a copy of the new Black Country New Road album. Yeah. And I was really excited because like I love that album. It's one honestly so far probably my favorite album of the year. So I, I love that album. And I wasn't like I didn't know if they had it. And so I was just looking around and uh, I saw I, I couldn't find it for whatever reason. Like I, I don't know if I just messed up the alphabet and couldn't figure out where the B section was, but I went up to the guy and I was like, Hey, do you have this new album? He was like, Oh yeah, it's over here. He's like, yeah, so we have the regular version and then we have the deluxe version with the live performance of some of the songs in the album. And I was like, okay. I was like, this is this is what I needed. I was like, this is yeah. it right here. And I usually, you know, I usually don't get deluxe versions because I just want to get the regular one and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that album in particular, it had a live performance of some, not all the songs on that album, but it had a live performance of the last song. The last song is called Basketball Shoes. And I was like, that that it's like one of my favorite, probably my favorite song on the album and just one of my favorite songs in general. And I was like, I have to have it. This is this is like this is for me. I have to have this, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it was really cool. So it was cool to to be there and get to kind of see a, a record store kind of buzzing and you know people going about during the uh, during the day. Um, something you mentioned that I, I want to ask you about is 
you you'd mentioned briefly mentioned the kind of resurgence of vinyl in vinyl records, I guess, in the past I don't know exactly the timeline, but I'll say five years, I guess mm-hmm. would be fair to say. Um, and I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but from what I've seen, it seems to be that I mean CD sales are pretty have never uh, you know for most of my life haven't really been that popular. I mean they kind of died out like at the start of at the 2010s, I think. Like they're, yeah. they're not super mm-hmm. super popular just because of streaming and things like that. But it seems to me like from what I've seen that vinyl records have made a bit of a comeback in a weird in some you know yeah. strange way what, what's that like what's your kind of take on that and what's your experience been like that so far so i'm, I'm going to try to remember some of the numbers off the top of my head because i have had to, to read up on this stuff um so you know essentially when when we were starting the record store um uh if you looked at like 2000 i want to say it was like 2006 through 2018 that 12 year period New record sales mm-hmm. in the U.S. went up 27% year, year over year, compound annual growth, mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty big mm-hmm. for any industry, yeah. right? So yeah. that's why, you know, when I mentioned, referenced it earlier, I, I said, well, they've really been making a comeback for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't quite like the gross sales weren't quite up to mm-hmm. this point where it was like really like kind yeah. of blowing up on anybody's yeah. radar. But that's really for me when I experienced it. Um starting to come around. So my personal story with, with records is that, you know, all through high school and then early college, which for me, I went to college in 2006. So like Oh six, Oh seven, even probably a little bit into Oh eight, mm-hmm. I was buying tons of CDs still, mm-hmm. you know, just filling up my, yeah. you know, massive like yeah. wallet of CDs. Yeah. Uh, I go to McKay's all the time. Um, you know, which is here in Chattanooga, yeah. of course. Yeah. And, and, um, they were at a different location then, but for me, I would just I just love the experience of like going into a store and searching for that album that I've been looking for, yeah. or like finding something new, even buying something just based on a cover, yeah. and then that listening to it and like taking a risk do. on yeah. it. So I was in my heart, I was just a music collector, like mm-hmm. period, and mm-hmm. it happened to be CDs at the time. Um, but then, you know, even at that point, you know, you'd buy all these CDs, but then you'd rip them onto your computer and yeah. put them on your iPod yeah. as well, yeah. you know? Um, and so while I was in college, the CD thing kind of fell off and people weren't buying CDs as much anymore because you could download on, mm-hmm. on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. And everybody was using iPods. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, that kind of left a little bit of a hole. So mm-hmm. probably somewhere in like 08, 09, um, some of my friends were starting to buy records mm-hmm. at the time. They're super cheap. And so this would have been right at the sort of beginning of, a, of the, the very first hint of a vinyl resurgence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's cool. Like yeah. I can get on board with that because yeah. I'd still just wanted to collect, mm-hmm. you know, I, I liked curating. I yeah. liked searching. I liked hunting for, yeah. you know, and yeah. I, I just love that experience of being in a record store. Um, so I started buying records, you know, in like 08, 09, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but hadn't really done it in earnest um, until like probably the last five or six years um, where it just like, you know, collection started growing a lot faster. Yeah. But yeah, so for that 12 year period, like 06 to 2018, it was like 27% year over year growth. And then um, from like 18 to 19, I think it was, it, it um, uh, actually it was like 19 to 20. 
it jumped up to 40 percent mm-hmm. that it grew yeah and then from uh 20 to 21 i think it was close to 50 percent growth yeah so you're you know when when people talk about this vinyl resurgence it has been something that's been coming on for a really long time mm-hmm. and it's been growing really steadily and, mm-hmm. and at a pretty high rate yeah but these last two years, it was just like kind of on steroids. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of that is because suddenly people were, you know, trapped in their houses with yeah. nothing to do. Yeah. They were spending less money at bars and restaurants. Yeah. So they had this disposable income, yeah. you know, and they decided to invest in hobbies, yeah. you know. So I think that but because vinyl was already making this comeback, um, it was already at that level where it yeah. was sort of. It was high enough in, in, in people's like awareness or consciousness that it was like, oh, my friend's buying vinyl. Like, that seems fun. I yeah. could get into that. Yeah. So I think we have had a lot of people who've yeah. come in and started collecting in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. I think part of it, too, which something else I want to ask you about, which you can kind of I think you'll see where I'm going with it is, you know, with the explosion of streaming in the past four to five years as well. Like, I mean, it's been around, like, you know, Spotify has been around for a while, but it mm-hmm. really has taken hold. I think since like I was probably since I, I, I remember I got, uh, Apple music, uh, which I don't know, uh, you know, the great Spotify, Apple music debate. I don't know what compelled me to go to Apple music as opposed to Spotify, but I don't particularly have any allegiance to either one of them necessarily. Uh, but like, you know, that was when I got on that because I was like, you know, the the inherent benefits of it's like, oh, you can pretty much listen to anything whenever you want for like a monthly price of whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think the the kind of the pro to, the pros of that are obvious, but the con of that is music to me felt so much less personal. Like it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could listen to yeah. whatever albums I want. I can discover a lot more music, like artists I've never heard of. There's no way I would have found these people on my own, much less purchased their album just on yeah. a whim, you know? So like the, the benefits of that are there, but to me, it the the experience for a lot of it just kind of became a little bit background. Like I, I wasn't very, as it's a little yeah. abstract, but I wasn't super present with the music. Right, like, it know, can become some, background yeah, noise. Yeah, some music, there, some albums that were like, you know, uh, there's there's some albums that I have very fond memories of that I experienced streaming on my phone and stuff, but not all of them was the case like that. And so for me, one of the because people have asked me before, like of my age, because it was not to be that person, but like a lot of my friends I that do collect records or like have interest in it, like or a lot of my friends don't really collect records, and mm-hmm. so they were asking like, why are you purchasing these records? Like you can just listen to these albums on your phone, whatever. Yeah, and it's. The, for me, part of it is I just like collecting these things and I'm interested and I want to support the artist. But when you listen to a record on a turntable, it forces you to be present in the, in the yeah, music. Like, absolutely. you know, I could, I could walk out of here and put headphones in and start listening to whatever album and it just goes through it and that's fine. But it, there's going to be some degree of it just kind of being in the background. You mm-hmm. know, it's not super present right in the front, you know, the forefront of my mind. But, you know, like it, where my turntable is like, I can't, I can only listen to it where that turntable is and I can only listen to it right there. And so it forces me to not only physically be present in that room, yeah. but I have to, I have no other choice but to listen to what's being, you know, said and sung and played. And I think there's some kind of some beauty to that. Like I, I really enjoyed that. You know, it makes me be more invested in the music and what they're actually saying or what they're actually doing, you know? And that was part of the reason why I kind of took to it and got interested in it because I've never really had that yet in my life. Like I was never super into CDs or anything like that. Right. Obviously, streaming and purchasing digitally didn't really have any personal connection to me, and so that's kind of why I really latched onto it. You yeah. Know? Um, funny enough, the, I remember when I first purchased my my first record ever. It was uh, I got them on Amazon, and it was th- it was three albums, and it was uh, just like any other you know 
future vinyl correct collector, uh, I got reissues of Abbey Road, uh, The Dark Side of the Moon, and a Rolling Stones album. I was like, this is, yeah. you know, when I first saw that, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, those are those are cool albums. Like, I want to listen to them, which they are good albums. Uh, and it was, what, what, uh, what album was it? It was the, uh, I think it was Let It Bleed by the Rolling Stones. Yeah. The one with like the cake, the cake on the front. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I remember that particular album. I mean, I, I enjoyed all those albums and whatnot, but that particular album, when I got it in the mail, I had unboxed Abbey Road, unboxed Dark Side, and I was like, okay, I want to open up, you know, the Rolling Stones album. And I don't know why, still to this day, I don't know why. I don't know if this is standard across the board with that album in particular. And I've never seen this, well, I can take it back. I've seen it with a couple albums, but the disc was clear. It was like, not yeah. like it was yeah. like, entirely like i could see my hand through it and i was yeah. like oh my gosh is this the way that like i was like can, are, are all albums like this i was like can you just you know do they are can you get special discs with all of them and i thought that was like the coolest thing i was like i i thought that i'd found like a, like the secret rolling stones album that like nobody else had like this one's clear and translucent and like from that moment i was i was, I was hooked i was like okay this is really cool like i, I had a really kind of intimate experience with it there and so that's what took me to want to keep collecting and exploring and, yeah. and, you know, support these artists in that way. And so I'm glad that it's making a resurgence the way that it is, because I think it, uh, it, like I said, it, it forces people to have these intimate experiences with the music and also be a little more present with it and, and enjoy yeah. it and, and have that col- that collector mentality as well. The, the, you know, I think people want to collect things and own things and, and to be able to say, you know, this is mine and, and show off what they have. Yeah. You know? So I'm I'm really glad that it's it's making a comeback and also it allows people like you to do what you do, you know. So yeah, I always like to joke that like we're not that different from raccoons or, yeah. or ravens, you know. We're just like we like to collect things, you yeah. know. We st- <laughs> yeah, um, and it, I, I just think that's part of who we are as part of being like we're physical animals and mm-hmm. we exist in like physical time and space. Yeah. And so the more that our lives sort of get sucked into mm-hmm. the cybersphere, I think the more there's a bit of a pendulum swing to try to find ways to be more physically mm-hmm. present, right? Yeah. And I think. Vinyl is just one way of doing that, but like everybody's a collector, you know. Like some people collect shoes, some people collect like cookware, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, vinyl is just one of those things where it's like everybody's a collector, like I said. And if you love music, there's a pretty good chance that you might be interested in collecting vinyl, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and there's so many different reasons, like that people that people do collect vinyl. You know, some people say, oh, it sounds better. And it's like, well, that's only true if you yeah. have like certain kinds of equipment, yeah. because if you're playing yeah. a record on a on like a suitcase turntable, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't necessarily sound better. Yeah. Right. But yeah. that doesn't mean that it's not valuable, that yeah. like that that person's experience who's listening yeah. to a record on a suitcase turntable. Yeah that their experience is less important, right? And some people do it because, like, I want to support the artist because mm-hmm. I ran the numbers on this um, not too long ago. But, I mean, you'd have you basically you'd have to stream an album. I want to say it's like 25. It's, no, six, it's like 6,000 yeah. times or yeah. something like that yeah. in order for a um, an artist to make as much as they would make on, yeah. with a purchase of one record, right? Yeah. So that's another great reason to buy vinyl is, like, just to keep artists mm-hmm. in, in yeah. business, like, yeah. support them and do what they do. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, when it all comes down to it, the most important reason that you would collect vinyl is just because it's fun, mm-hmm. you know? And that's yeah. kind of what you're describing yeah. with, like, you know, seeing that that transparent Rolling Stones, yeah. translucent yeah. Rolling Stones album. Uh, it's just like, this is fun, you yeah. know? Um, and you can't, you know, a lot of uh, another uh, one of my one of my. Um, employees likes to say well you can't you can't hear color yeah um and uh and that's true 
and sometimes it's harder to like assess the condition of a of a colored record. Mm. Like if you ever look at like yeah. a, a, a that translucent yeah. Rolling Stones album, it's really hard to see if yeah. there's a scratch on yeah. there or anything. Yeah. But um, you know, this is might be going a little a little um, a little bit of a rabbit trail on, on colored vinyl. But you know, the value of colored vinyl is not only is it fun, not only does it look cool and kind of has a, an, a certain aesthetic, but um, you know, certain records are are colored and it's like a sort of a shorthand for knowing, you know, whether an album is limited edition and whether it might appreciate in value. And that's, you know, that's another thing you can talk about whether it's important, you know, as a record collector, if your, if your records have like monetary value or not, right. That's kind of part and parcel to collector culture, no matter what you're collecting though. Um, but with, 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 um, colored records, I, I like to tell people, like, look, if you buy, like, an opaque red, like, version, like, indie-exclusive version of, um, you know, the new Black MIDI album, mm-hmm. which actually I think is There red. probably is an opaque yeah. red version of that album. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it might have a different, you know, it might be, like, yeah. you know, Crimson Splatter or something yeah. like that. But, um, you know, but if, if, you, if you get that record, um, it's, it's not that much different than if you get, like, a, you know, a first press of a Led Zeppelin record. Yeah. Um, if that, you know, album becomes beloved and is, you know, desirable to people, like, 30 years from now, mm-hmm then that basically that colored vinyl becomes a shorthand for like, this is an original press and yeah. it was limited to yeah. 3000 copies. Right. So in, in that case, you know, when you're talking about collectible albums, like to me, that's kind of one of the key benefits of the, you know, these colored versions. Um, and, and you have to be smart. Like, you know, you can, like you can go buy a colored version at like Walmart or target, but those aren't necessarily limited edition. Yeah. So it's like, well, this may be one of like 30,000 copies. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we're getting kind of down in the weeds on collector culture here. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if you're, if you buy an artist exclusive or it's like, I got this directly from the artist's website, yeah. it was one of 300 copies. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's an album that's going to be yeah. like pretty valuable someday. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you want to sell it, it's yeah. just fun to say like, yeah, yeah I have yeah. this first press. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's only 300 of these yeah. made. Yeah. And that's that's true whether it's colored or not. Like yeah. if you, you know, if you talk about like a, you know, butcher cover Beatles record of yeah. yesterday and today, and it's like, yeah. it's like, this is one of, yeah, I should, probably should know this, but I don't know how many there are of yeah. those, yeah. but you know, that's, that's just like the fun of, yeah. of collector culture. Do you have any, any albums in your personal collection that like, if, you know, if you were to, if you were to go to like, uh, you know, if you were in a good show off, like if someone said, Hey, show me like three albums from your collection that you're really proud. Like you, those are like your babies, you know, like those are the ones that if you're, yeah. not as, I mean, you know, some, <laughs> yeah, of, it is, yeah. some of it is like, right. oh, just, like it may not even be, it, it could be, you know, there could be a hundred thousand in existence, but like yeah. more, more from the standpoint of like what you were saying. Yeah. Like, the ones that I'm ones most... where it's like, there's only 12 of these out there and I'm getting, you know, I, I, I've got a few of those, um, you know, I'm, I, somebody asked me early on when I was starting that I did like a radio interview and they were like, what's your Holy grail? And I was yeah. kind of at the time I was like, I don't know if I really have one. Cause I'm not super interested in the collector culture side of things. Mm-hmm. It's sort of something that like I'll sort of part, passively participate in that it's like, Oh, I really want this album. And if I can get the, you know, like this yeah. exclusive version, then I'll get it. Yeah. Cause then I know if my kids ever need to sell my records, like it will yeah. be worth a little more. Yeah. 
Um, most important thing is taking good care of your records. Yeah, so let's, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. you know what I mean? That's like, that's always the biggest like deflating, like somebody brings in their dad's record collection or their grandpa's record collection and they've been left sitting in a basement for like 20 years. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, these records, yeah. I actually had one of those where I was like, this collection would have been worth probably $2,000, but I can give you a hundred bucks for it because yeah. half of it's water damage, right? Yeah. So that's a whole other rabbit trail. Yeah. But in my collection, um, there's, there's like a handful of records that, um, you know, I just have like really fond memories of, I had a, like a, you know, a personal connection to that record, like at a specific time in life and they're not that popular. Mm -hmm. And so they're really hard to find. Yeah. So in my case, most of those ones that are like kind of valuable are, are records that just, there aren't that many copies of mm -hmm. because nobody else really cares about yeah. them, you know? So a lot of people will expect because like, oh, he's a record store owner. So he probably has like, you know, a first UK press of yeah. Rubber Soul and he probably has yeah. Led Zeppelin 4 from like, you know, yeah. original. But I'm not that, like, I am, I tend to buy more new records than mm -hmm. um, old records because I'm more interested in just getting, like, a clean copy mm -hmm. that sounds really good yeah. um, than I am in having, like, oh, this record is worth $300, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't, like, I don't, I'm not a wealthy person. I'm yeah. a very... <laughs> I don't make much money at all doing this. So like I can't afford to buy $300 records. Yeah. So all that is to say the records in my collection that I really love, um, there is, uh, an album, uh, called, um, house of apples and eyeballs. And it came out in probably like, Oh, I bet it's like Oh six Oh five kind of era. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's by, uh, two bands. They came together and did this album together. Uh, Black Month, Super Rainbow, and the Octopus Project. Yeah. 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 Um, so those bands got together and they made this album. And it's not on streaming. Uh, I can't really? find it anywhere. It's really? not on Spotify. It's not on Tidal. It's not on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I found a copy online. This record store in like California had it for sale. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I bought it. And that is one of my favorite records that I own yeah. just because... The only way I can listen to it is in my yeah. ancient iTunes library on my computer <laughs> or on vinyl. Yeah, I can't, yeah. you know, I don't even think it's on YouTube. I don't know why That's that crazy. is. I don't know. It might, might be a yeah. distribution issue yeah. or something yeah. or, you know, right, yeah. a copyright issue. But that, so that's one of my, that's one of my favorites. It's a beautiful copy and it sounds awesome. Uh, the bass is like just super big yeah. and full and, um, uh, so there's that. Um, there's an album by Sun Kill Moon called Tiny Cities that yes. I just had like a great uh, experience with in college. Yeah. It's a beautiful album and it's pretty hard to find. So it's probably the album that I have spent. I spent like 75 bucks on that album um, just because it's, it's really hard to find. It's yeah. out of print. Yeah. Um, and uh, one other one that it, it, same thing. It's like the, the same era, you know, the early two thousands when there weren't that many yeah. copies being made, and apparently there's not enough demand mm -hmm. to keep it in print, and so yeah. it's just hard to find. So there's an album um, by Matt Pond, PA, that came out on polyvinyl back in like probably oh seven oh eight. It's called Several Several Arrows Later, uh -huh. and it's just out of print. And I you know I found a copy nice. and. Yeah, so those are the ones that they're not worth a ton of money, yeah. but they're just really hard to find, yeah. and they sort of have special, you know, memories for me. Yeah. When it comes to like legacy records, you know, like I, you know, I'm a, a big fan of like The Cure and The Smiths, mm -hmm. and I would oh, yeah. love to find a copy of Wish by The yeah. Cure. It came out in like '92. It's one of my favorite albums of theirs, and up until 
now that you know that copy will it's super hard to find and if you find a copy it's probably going to cost you two or three hundred dollars they just announced like a week or two ago that they're doing a 30th anniversary repress of it this year in november and so i'm just like over the moon about it because (laughs) you know it's like I don't really care if I have an OP yeah. of that record. Yeah. I just want to have it on vinyl. Yeah. So if I can get like a forty dollar like yeah. deluxe reissue yeah. with some cool like with a bonus EP mm-hmm. in it, like I'm totally yeah. happy. Yeah, no, that, that's kind of my attitude with as well. Like there is there is a part of me that's like, oh, you know, I think in everybody's heart, there's some degree of like it would be really cool to have like an original of Led Zeppelin four. You know, like there's yeah, like, it's like yeah, well, maybe I should get. You know, there, there's yeah. a little bit of that in me. I get that. Yeah, um, but to me. At the end of the day, it's like, I just want to have it on. I just want to have it. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, if it's like an original yeah. pressing or not, like, that's cool. Yeah. But like, you know, I mentioned how one of the first albums I bought was like a, an Abbey Road off Amazon, which yeah. I know, I know for a fact, it's not like an OG one. It's yeah. like probably like the tw- 20th reissue of it or something. Right. Like, yeah. It, it's yeah. not going to be worth 20 bucks anyway. Like, yeah. I get it, you know, but that's just a great album. Like, I just wanted that album and just wanted to have it. You yeah. Know? Um, and so like, I, I totally get that. Uh, you, you mentioned the Smiths. I'm not, I haven't listened to a lot of their music. I know, I know of them, but, uh, my, my now, my now fiance, uh, which is getting, getting used to saying that now, uh, Congrats she, on that. thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, she recently, I believe recently, she may listen to this and be like, no, I got, I've had this for a while, but I'm, I'm pretty sure she recently got, um, I was looking it up to find out it was one of their albums think it was it was the queen is dead is that mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she she i'm fairly certain again i could be wrong but i'm fairly certain she really really enjoys that album and she got it i don't know if it was an original one or not or if it was you know a reissue or something i have no idea but she was just really excited to get that and it's like cool seeing those moments where it may not you know that, that the one that she has could be worth money i have no idea but to her it didn't really matter it was like i just yeah. want to have this album because it's special to me yeah. and i really enjoy it and you know it's it's something i enjoy listening to you know yeah and and that's i i have that same mentality to it to a degree me and her are a little bit different where she likes to collect older albums as opposed to newer albums for whatever reason but one album that i i don't know if it's worth like i mean I'm not, i know i could sell it if i wanted to but it's not like ultra exclusive you know whatever it's the deluxe edition of uh childish gambino's album uh awaken my love mm-hmm. and I, I i really enjoy that album because i'm a, I'm a sucker for just that whole sound that era that it's inspired by yeah and i didn't know this whenever i purchased it because part of the reason there's a lot of like a, just kind of cool little things that come with the deluxe version of it and i, I saw it like best buy or something i was like okay i want it and I didn't know this though, but one of the songs on that album, it's called The Night Me and Your Mama Met. And there's no lyrics to it. It's just an instrumental. It's like three or four minutes long. But it's just, it's so beautiful. Like it's one of the, it's just a great piece of music. And I love listening to it sometimes, just like hearing it. There's like a guitar solo in it. It's very jazzy and like there's a it, it's just really good. And I didn't know this was on there, but it was, I remember clear as day, I was sitting in my room, I had all the lights off except I had some, I had some string lights around my, around my ceiling. I had them on, like, I was just listening to that album. And once you get to the end of the album, like the last song plays, there's another song on it. And I was like, it started playing. I was like, what is going on? Like, the last song just ended. What is playing right now? And it was a live performance of The Night Me and Your Mama Met, but he was singing to it. 
Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the cool, like, I did the not Easter know. egg. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> this is on here? So I, I had a video of it and I was like, I cannot believe what I'm listening to right now. Like, not, yeah. like I've never heard, I didn't even know this existed. Like I've never heard a live performance of this song, much less with lyrics. Yeah. And I was sitting there just listening to it. Like, this is the coolest thing. This is so, I, I cannot, I, I was just sitting there like, just staring up at my room like this is this is really cool and I, I would like replay it I just kept going back and forth yeah. and replaying it and it's moments like that that are really cool like again I don't know I'm sure I could sell that album if I wanted to but to me it's not about that like I wasn't yeah I just really enjoy that album and really love the sound of it and everything that comes along with it and it's cool to have those albums where the value the monetary value of it isn't what's important to you it's just the experience you have with it you know yeah um and and i'm i'm, I'm right there with you on it uh one other album that i which is this is this is showing uh the different eras that we both grew up in yeah. uh, of our tastes is one album that i i'm so glad that i have and i don't i think it was just a black friday exclusive which is i don't think it's ever been released officially in any other form uh, was Frank Ocean's Blonde is, is that album. And I think I think it's the only time it ever officially commercially came out was on Black Friday. And it was like 40 or 50 bucks. But I love that it's album. It's probably worth a few hundred. Oh, I love that album. Right as, soon as, yeah. it came, as soon as I saw that, it was like, yeah, this thing is up for 24 hours. I was like, I'm, I don't care what the price is. I'm getting that. Yeah. And it's really cool because the cover of that album is a picture of him and his hair is like green. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But the co- every picture on that album, the cover, the back of it, every sleeve is all in black and white. And it's just really cool. Like I, I remember getting it. And I was like, "This is this is the coolest thing." Like yeah. I know I know it was limited. It was only up for twenty four hours, and I don't think there's ever been a reissue of that album since. I mean, there may be in the future, but getting like having things like that, I know that one's probably worth a little bit of money. But to me, I don't care. Like I just yeah. love that album. Right. I think it's great, yeah. and having you know a kind of special version of it is is really cool. So um, yeah, it, it's just I think streaming music doesn't allow you to have as much of those experiences yeah which is why vinyl is really cool to me i feel like vinyl really helps to like fortify these memories that you're describing um you know when you you were talking about streaming earlier and i use streaming all the time but i I mean it's a it's just such a great way to like find new music Mm -hmm. and discover new music who you may not have had access to before um but you know, if I really love an album, then then I, I want to go get yeah. a copy on vinyl yeah. just because I, I want to have it. Yeah. Um, I want to support the artist. All all of those things. But um, yeah, I, the other thing that that strikes me about streaming is that I think about how forgettable music can be. Mm-hmm. And you talked about this yeah. earlier. And there's so many times when I've had a song come on that I'm like, I completely forgot this song existed. Yeah. Yeah. Who is this artist? I don't remember. I, I like I probably heard this like four or five years ago. Yeah. And I really loved this song and I forgot about it because yeah. the interaction that I had with it was so, mm-hmm. uh, it just wasn't t- like t- tangible, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I forgot about it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times that happens and then I'll, I'll go and start looking like, is this on vinyl? Yeah. Because I would, you know, and sometimes it'll be an artist that it was just like, I've, I've, I haven't even listened to the whole album yet, but I'm like, well, maybe I could get it on vinyl so that I won't forget about it, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and maybe I could experience this album in a yeah. whole, in a whole new way yeah. and like, and have, and, you know, become a fan of this artist um, instead of just forgetting about it and, yeah. and hearing the song again five years from now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, something you mentioned earlier, which I want to just ask you about is you mentioned sometimes you'll you'll go buy an album just because the cover art looks cool or yeah. just like you know something i've i like to do if i ever go to a store that has a section like this is the first time i ever did it it was a record store up in knoxville and i think it was called i have no i'm assuming they're still in operation i don't know 
but it was called Lost and Found Records, uh-huh. and it was the only record store close to aside from like a uh, you know a Goodwill, like my hometown. It's a very small town, yeah. And that was the closest one I was aware of. I was like, I'll just have to drive a little bit over an hour to go to a record store if I want to. But they had a one dollar section. It was like whatever you want. It's it, it could be a copy, whatever. It's one dollar yeah. section. And I told myself, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get this record that I do want, like whatever record I was looking for at the time. But I'm just going to pick a random one out of there. Like, I'm just going to, you know, drag my, it was like on the, the bottom shelf. I'm just going to pick it and whatever it is, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. And it was one of the best purchases I've made because it's like, a, I think it's like a compilation album, but it's a disco compilation album. Yeah. And it's got all these disco songs from like the sixties on it. It's just, it was, I got it and I was like, okay, this thing is very scratched up. I don't know if it's going to work, but it's for a dollar. Let's just go for it and see what happens. Yeah. And it has so many great songs <laughs> on it and the cover is awesome. It, it's just, yeah. it's hilarious. It's 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 just hilarious the story of it because I've never even heard of it in my entire life, and I remember when I first got it, my mom was like, "Oh, let's put the like." She was like, "I think I've heard some. I know some of these songs. Like I remember listening to them when I was growing up." And at the time, I had I think I had a portable record player. I forget the one. It was some cheap one I bought off Amazon, and I brought it down into our kitchen, and I was like, "Okay, let's see if this like I you know this is my first time playing." Yeah. I was like, "I don't know if this is even gonna work." I bought it for a dollar. Let's see what happens. And I set the needle down and started going. And it was playing, I don't remember what song it was playing, but it started going. I was like, this is great. I'm like, this is so much yeah. fun. So we were like all just in the kitchen, like dancing around, doing yeah. stuff, listening to these old disco songs. Like, it, was, it was so much fun. And so, yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it is kind of fun doing that because it's like, you just don't know what you're going to get into. It's like, let's just see what happens and, and, yeah. and, and see, what, see what I can get. One other time too, one of my friends, he, he had a subscription to, have you heard of uh, Vinyl Me Please? You yeah, heard that before? yeah, yeah. yeah. He had a subscription to them and you can like, if you're subscribed to their service, you can purchase from their library. Like you, you can get the monthly, uh, shipments, but you can also just like buy stuff from their exclusive library. Yeah. And I had never even heard of this band or album before in my life. It, I think the name of the band is called Islands, I think. And I still haven't. I've listened <laughs> at the time. I'd never heard of the album, but I just saw the disc and it was like translucent with like pink and gray speckle all over it. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I have to have that. Yeah. And he was like, have you listened to this album before? And I said, no, I have no idea what this, what this sounds <laughs> yeah. like, but I just want to have that. And so yeah. he, I asked him if he would get it for me and I'd pay him back, whatever. And I remember getting it and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I don't know what this sounds like though. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. This album could be just like an hour of ambient music for all I know. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. So I eventually put it on and listened to it. It was pretty good. Like I, I did enjoy it, but it's just funny, like that that element of discovery with records. You know, I think that's something that's really special with them, and, and something that I think is really cool. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, I love it when people come through the shop, and, and you know, some somebody recently like picked up this copy of um, "Up and Away" by Stella, which came out on Sub Pop mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. And she's like a, a a Greek pop artist, and it's one of my favorite albums that I've heard this year. And somebody brought a copy up and I was like, oh, this record's so good. And they're like, oh, really? Like, yeah. I just saw the cover and I thought it looked cool. Yeah. And I was like, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's great. You're gonna, yeah. I think you're going to like this. Yeah, yeah. One more thing about records that I, I don't know how to quantify it, but something about seeing an album cover big, like in your hands, you know, like, like yes. you're seeing it yeah. either very small as a CD or just like a picture. A little of your thumbnail, phone. yeah. Yeah, something <laughs> about seeing it like very big and in your yeah. hands is like, I don't know what it, it's just something special about it. I don't I don't yeah. know. Like it's just cool seeing this. It doesn't to me it almost like doesn't feel seem real. Like it, I don't know yeah. how to explain it. It's just like this this piece because an album cover is just a piece of art to, at the end yeah. of the day. Like it's a picture or a painting or something like whatever the artist decided to, you know, represent the sound of their album with. 
but seeing it kind of come to life in your hands and like, oh, wow, I can hold this thing. Like it's yeah. in my hands and I can look through it. I don't know. There's something about that that's just really cool, I think, and, and something that I, I, I think is, for whatever reason, it's just a unique experience with records, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's like I said earlier, we're, we're physical animals. We like yeah. we exist in time yeah. and space, you know? So yeah. I think that the visual component is important. Yeah. And then, like, the, co- the, the colored vinyl, you know, is... As much as some people, you know, may rag on on it, it's like, well, it's really just part of the artwork. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to create some visual mm-hmm. appeal, yeah. Um, yeah, for the listener, yeah. you know. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. Um. And uh, and yeah, I think that's just you, you, that's I think that's part of the reason that I enjoyed collecting CDs so much, and that's part of the reason that there was like a gap when CDs went away, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And now with records, it's like it's magnified even yeah, more. It's just yeah. bigger and better, and yeah. you know, it's just tons of fun. Yeah, yeah. It takes yeah. up more space in my house, but yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, too, there's something. I think a small part of why records have made such a resurgence is they're just. It's just pretty to have them on a shelf. Like if you've got a decently sizable, even if you just got a few, like if you just got a handful. I know some people yeah. that just have like a handful of records just because they want to have them, like. There's something about how, like, they just look nice. Like, the ones I have, yeah. (laughs) Like, the ones I have, I've got it like a three tiered shelf, and like, the top shelf is full. The second shelf might be, no, the second shelf, it's like almost full, but just like having the stacks of, you know, the the album side by side and the different colors and the the names. There's just something like pleasing to look at that. It's not, it's similar yeah. to like a bookshelf. Like if yeah, you see a full exactly. bookshelf, it's like, yeah. man, that's a lot of stuff. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's something about it, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, uh, it's, it, I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, it, it's, it's been great. And, and, uh, I just thank you very much for, for chatting with me. Yeah. Uh, thanks for I've, having me. It's yeah. Been fun. It, it, it has been great chatting with you and I've been looking forward to this cause I, I genuinely do like, I'm not just saying this cause you're right in front of me, but like, I've, I've been of the times I've been to Yellow Racket. I think it's a really cool place. And I think it, uh, serves a very unique purpose in this area because I do think, uh, yeah, there's other record stores in the area, but like, I think you all do, you've, you've kind of caught something unique with the, uh, you know, I guess the best word I can use to explain it is like the, the kind of the vibe of the store. Like I know yeah. that's a very broad word, but like you, you have a specific feel of the store and the kind of audience that you, uh, you cater towards is, is people like me that haven't really been catered towards yet. And so I think you all do a lot of great work and I'm, I'm really excited to see, I'm glad to see you all are still doing well and, uh, and that you're, you're growing and, and uh, doing well. So congrats to you on that. Uh, and, and thank you for taking a little bit of time to chat with me today um, yeah thank you so much before we finish up here i have a little segment that i like to finish each episode off with uh it's it's totally unrelated to everything we've just said but it's it's a way i just like to end the show off with and it is called well i've been calling it 15 quick questions all right uh and these are all this or that questions so it's you know going to be a or B, yes yeah. or no, you just give me your off the top of your head. The you, lightning you got, round. Yeah, the yeah. lightning <laughs> round. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanna I wanna just hear your thoughts. Some of these are music related, some of these are not, you know, whatever. Um, but I the challenge to, for me here is yeah. is gonna be keeping it short because I tend to talk a lot. Hey, me, me, me and you both. Um, but I'll I, do my I just, best. I just want to hear your 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 you know um, quick take. off the top of your yeah. head, your answer. And you can give your rationale if you want. I'll give it, you know, the more the better. But uh, I got 15 questions for you, and I want to see what your thoughts are. So, okay. All right. Ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This is 15 quick questions with Ben. Number one, socks with sandals, yes or no? I don't care. 
<laughs> okay, let me, let me. It's cool either way. Okay. I don't care. Okay. You get like, you know what I mean? Like, so, it's not. I mean, it's like. It sounds like to me you're leaning more on the yes side than. No. Yeah, I'm leaning okay. on the yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Like, you're, if you want to wear socks and sandals, yeah. that's cool. Like, okay. I don't care. That's fine, man. Okay. Hey, that's <laughs> I guess that's a yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Absolutely, hundred percent. Dark side the wall or wish you? I'm a Pink Floyd fan, so that's what I'm asking. Dark side yeah. the wall or wish you were here. It's Piper at the Gates of Dawn for me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I like that. that yeah. I like that. I'm yeah. a, I, that one is, I, I came onto that one late at, like I, like any Floyd fan, I yeah. like was introduced with, you know, uh, Dark Side first, but that one is one that I've slowly yeah. like had more appreciation for, you know, yeah. uh, over the years. So, so you're, you're a Piper it, fan. Here's, here's a little bit of context. Yeah. I read that I, I'm a guitar player and I read this book, um, when I was in middle school and it was like the ultimate guitar handbook mm-hmm. and they have a section where they talk about the most important guitarists of all time. Yeah. And, and Sid, and Sid Barrett, Sid yeah. Barrett and Dave, David Gilmore were yeah. both in there. Yeah. Um, but Sid, you know, talked about Sid Barrett yeah. and then, and so I was just really interested in his story and yeah. then I went and listened yeah. to that Pink Floyd album. And that was the one that just like really connected with it me. It really is a shame that like what I was actually talking to somebody yesterday about them because I, I, I love wish you were here. I think it's a great album and just the song itself. I love that song. Um, but like the whole story of that album and song and just him, like everything that happened to him, it's a shame that like, that's all we got out of him was yeah. just that one album. Yeah. You know? uh, at least I think it was just that one album. It, he may have made some guest appearances on other songs, but largely speaking, just that yeah. album. Uh, and it is, it's very unique, especially yeah. it's unique now, but especially for the time, you know, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a, a great album. So, and as I recall from the book, David yeah. Gilmore was the one who actually like taught him to play guitar. Really? Yeah. They were I like friends, that. they were friends and he picked up guitar yeah. and David Gilmore was his like teacher. And then he started, you know, Pink Floyd. And then after he dropped out, David Gilmore stepped in and took over. Wow. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. I didn't know that. All right. So you're, you're a Piper, you're a Piper. I'm guy. a Piper guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I respect it. I respect it. Um, who, in your opinion, would win in a pogo stick race? John, Ringo, Paul, or George? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Paul just because he's the most lighthearted and okay. bouncy and yeah. like, energetic of okay. the four. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but hot coffee or iced coffee? Hot, yeah. I assume. For those listening, we uh, have both been drinking hot coffee throughout this episode, so I, I kind of had uh, uh, you know, a clue to that answer. Trying to avoid the slurps, no, right? No, fine. <laughs> um, who would win in a dance competition, Kenny G or Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga, no doubt. 70s, 80s, or 90s? 80s for me, nice. yeah. Guacamole or salsa? Salsa. Waffles or pancakes? Waffles. Michael Jackson or Prince? Michael Jackson. Would you rather ride roller skates or unicycle everywhere you went? Roller skates. Yeah. Are Crocs fashionable? Yes or no? Just do you, man. That's the same with socks <laughs> and sandals. Just like, you know, like I'm not, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't wear them, but I don't, uh, I'm not, I don't really care about fashion that much. So you're, you're, le- you're leaning more towards the, yes, you're not, you're not a defender. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 I'm a, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I just, I mean, I, I like, I like to make fun of Crocs, but at the same time, like it's all in good fun and yeah. like, you know, I just, I want people to be happy and yeah. if Crocs make you happy, yeah. then that's cool. Okay. I respect <laughs> it. I respect it. I've heard some hot takes like, no Crocs. I mean, yeah. yeah. So. I respect it. Um, let's see. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Creamy, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does ranch belong on spaghetti? Yes or no? No. No, oh, no way. 
I'm a I'm a I'm a staunch ranch on spaghetti. I've never heard, I've never heard of that. My wife loves ranch on pizza. See, I, I ate ranch on some salmon last night, so I'm not that like. <laughs> see, this is this is a whole other conversation. I'm not above reproach, and I've had it with so many people. And there's gonna be people listening to this that have, I've had this conversation with. Um, but like everyone I've talked to, they've never had it on spaghetti before, and I'm telling you, it is. If you like it on pizza, you will like it on spaghetti. I, I'm, I, I, will, I don't I like I don't like it on pizza, so okay. I guess it's gonna be a no. That's for me. fair. That's fair. If you don't like it on pizza, whatever. But I've I've heard people yeah. like they're like, yeah, I like it on pizza. I'm like, I'm telling you, you will like it on spaghetti. Just trust me. You gotta trust me. <laughs> I can't remember how I tried it, but you gotta trust me on this. Um, okay. And then the fifteenth and final question. This is the one that I end all of the segments on, and I want to make I want to hear your rationale with this one. Would you rather fight one horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses? You can take a minute to think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I um, I think I would go with one horse-sized duck because, one, that would be incredible to see. <laughs> um, but two, you know, it would just be like you only got it. Like you can keep your eye on it the yeah. whole time. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you got 100 yeah. horses attacking you, little <laughs> little tiny horses, and they're just like coming from everywhere. Yeah. And you sort of just get yeah. like devoured by yeah. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. That's just fair. Pummeled to death. Yeah. Yeah. That duck, though, I would like to see that duck. That I mean, Ducks, see, the thing is, I like, like ducks, too. Ducks are just cool. I like they're ducks, cool. but they're kind of like, I feel like they're kind of aggressive. You know, like you ever seen, like yeah, they're, they're yeah. a little, like, uh-huh. they're, there's a little chaos to ducks, you know? Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I uh, thank you for answering my question. I know they were a little all over the place, but that's kind of that's kind of how I like to do it. So, yeah. um, before we finish again, thank you very much for for chatting with me today. I know that uh, specifically for Yellow Racket, you are on Instagram, and and there's all kinds of you know social media handles. I'll make sure if anybody's listening, you want to check out uh, what Ben is doing over at Yellow Racket. I'll make sure to put those links in the description. So if you want to follow him on Instagram. Um, I'm assuming you're all on like Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. Yeah, and you'll find there's um, two accounts. There's one for our, our record label and there's one for the store. Okay. So you know, give us a follow on yeah. both. We've got new new music coming out on the label this this year, and uh, we're putting out our first vinyl release ever this fall. That's nice. going to be uh, distributed around the country. So nice. check out your local record store for for, the, for that. That's exciting. But uh, yeah, I'll make sure. I know you all have a website and stuff where you can you can also order records. So if yeah. you want to check it out on the website, on social media, anything like that, uh, I'll make sure to put the links for that in the description for you personally are there any other links or anything you'd like anybody to know about that i can put in the description for you or you think that's about it no nah, i mean i have so many different accounts yeah i've got <laughs> you know my band telemonster and i've got my own personal accounts and i've got the record label in the store so there's a million ways to find me online <laughs> okay cool well i'll make sure those uh some of those links are included down there so if you're listening you want to check out ben what he's got going on check out yellow racket uh, i'll be down there if you are living or if you're not living in the chattanooga area i would definitely um, highly recommend if you're just wanting to go check out a new store, check out uh, a new area, or if you're looking to purchase some records, then definitely, me personally, highly recommend Yellow Racket. It's a great, great place, great people, uh, and you will not be disappointed. You can get some good coffee while you're there. Um, but yeah, with all that being said, thank you again for, for chatting with me today. It's been a pleasure. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll do it again in the future. Once you get that, once you get that, yeah. is that album that you're putting out, is it, is it your band or is it? Just no, another, another the, this artist? new vinyl release is uh, by Momo, who okay. is a Brazilian artist uh, based in London. And nice. so we've got uh, his album coming out on vinyl this fall. And one of our other artists, El Rocco, we're doing a cassette release this fall as well. So nice. yeah. Cool. Well, after stuff. that, maybe we'll we'll chat it up and see see what that experience has been like for you. Sounds but, good. Uh, but yeah, thank you again, man, for for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, and I hope uh, all the best for you in the future. Thanks, Daniel. It's to, been a blast. Yeah, it's been awesome. To everybody listening, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and I will catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. 
Thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast. As one final reminder, if you'd like to support the show, then don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to check out any links that were mentioned during the show or follow the show or myself on social media, then feel free to head to the description of today's episode to find these links. As always, thank you again for checking out today's episode, and I really hope you enjoyed it. I will catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. See ya.